Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Today's episode is called Dear Younger Self. So there's lots of things that Daddy and myself have learned throughout the years, um, just through trial and error and experience. But we really wanted to bring a different styled episode to the podcast for anyone of a younger age who's listening to us. And I don't even want to say younger, to be honest, like just things that we wish we knew, like when we we're in our teenage years, for example. Yeah, it seems like so long ago that we were teenagers. I mean, what, 10 years ago or something? It's crazy. I know. My high school reunion's coming up at oh. oh, the end of the year, if oh. it goes ahead. But it's so, it seems like forever ago. But then again, it doesn't. Like, I just still remember what it feels like. Yeah, but all our memories, we certainly didn't have Instagram in high school. We didn't have as much exposure to social media. I remember Facebook was just becoming a thing. Mm. It used to be a platform that I remember just mum was on. So I was on MySpace. You would have been on that as well. And then um, all of a sudden, you know, MySpace disappeared and then we got onto Facebook. Mm. Um, But it's just exploded now, hasn't it? Snapchat, TikTok, there's so many new platforms. And with new platforms comes so much exposure to things we wouldn't have had otherwise. Like I still remember like being able to sync Tamagotchis and (laughs) how much of a big deal that was in technology, right? And I feel like that was the start of it. And as you mentioned there, we had something called MySpace. Mm. Um, I know a lot of the listeners in our audience will understand what that is, but then we moved to to Facebook. And I still remember having to ask permission from my mum to see whether I could get Facebook. And mum was a bit like sceptical about it. It was like, I don't know. You know, and that's what it was like. It wasn't just everyone had, you know, a smartphone. You could just do whatever you wanted. It was like, okay, my phone went away at this time and I had to ask for permission. Uh, We're just in such a different time now. Yeah, that's right. And a lot of things that happen at school get taken home because sort of in our day and age or when we were in high school, you know, if you didn't really get along with someone, you wouldn't see them until the next day. But now the whole cyberbullying and all of that, people have access to each other all day, every day. And mm. in a in the wrong environment, it can turn a little bit hostile. And, and um, that's why it's important for us to make this episode to not only talk to our younger selves, but um, to the people who are in high school at the moment and exposed to all these fitspos and people on Instagram that they want to be like and, and everything like that. So um, should we get to the first point? Yeah, for sure. Let's get into it. So the first lesson that we really wanted to speak about was follow the right people or learn from the right people from the beginning. And I think that's so much harder or I guess it's more difficult um, said than done because Mm. there's a lot that goes into that. And we've both been through, I guess, our own personal experiences of figuring out who those people are. Mm. That's right. So There are lots of coaches, influencers, mentors, celebrities, people out there that we follow, we kind of become a little bit obsessed with and what they're Mm. doing and all of that. And um, it's really important to choose who you follow wisely. Okay, so a really good um, way of deciding whether someone is right for you to follow or not is simply by reflecting and saying, when I look at this person's page, how does that make me feel? 
Do I feel good? Do I laugh? Um, or do I feel bad about myself? Do I start to compare? Things like that. So you can really already get a great idea straight off the bat based on how you're feeling, whether it's good or bad. Yeah. And even if you do feel bad or negative or lack confidence by being on someone else's page, it doesn't mean that they're a bad person. Yes. It might be as simply as it might be as simple as you just like subconsciously comparing your body to theirs. And that is a really big red flag to sort of be like, okay, I need to remove myself. And I think I've spoken about this quite openly, but if I feel a little bit anxious on social media or it's a bit too much, like I'll step away. Mm. And that doesn't mean anyone else is doing anything wrong. Maybe there's just a lot going on in my life and I need to come back to reality and just engage with some more people and spend some time away from those profiles. Yeah. Um, Something to also consider is the platform that you're using. Like if you're looking for advice on a diet or fitness or training, you know, it's really important to choose those platforms wisely. And I say Mm. this because... TikTok has just launched off the charts in the mm. last couple of years. And it's a very popular platform for, I guess, a lot of teenagers. So anyone that's listening that has children, like your kids, your teens are probably on TikTok. And it's it's such a younger demographic. And a lot of the time, the information on there isn't very true in terms of or reliable, however you yep. want to put it. And that's nothing on them because maybe they believe that and everyone's entitled to an opinion and and to promote whatever they want to really. But it's up to us as the consumer to decide, well, what am I going to do with this information? And I would just, I guess, put out a disclaimer that especially TikTok, you know, even Instagram, like any social media, it doesn't come with references. It doesn't come with like, this is fact. It's actually most of the time, 99% of the time, opinion-based. Yeah, exactly right. And also the nature of um, TikTok and Instagram, it's very short. So reels can be, you know, as short as 15 seconds, same with stories and TikToks. Now there's only so much information you can give to someone in 15 seconds. So normally to get that engagement, you know, people dancing Mm. around, pointing at things and words and all that, Mm. like you can't give away a method or, you know, really good information in such a short amount of time. It's just designed to get more eyes on the post, more eyes on that person and bump up the engagement of the app. It's Mm. not really the most ideal um, educational platform. It's just there for exposure and a bit of a laugh. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why we also started a podcast. Yeah. You know, we're getting questions and it's like, can't do this in a 15 second story, you know, before a lot of other things. And it's also as, um, you know, as a content creator, it's also important to understand, okay, how can I um, not just put up information, but make it digestible and understandable for people? And that usually dictates how these things are created because Mm. our attention span is like three seconds long. So people want to try and get your attention in those first three seconds. But when it comes to your health and your fitness, it's so important that you look at these things with a critical lens and ask yourself questions like, is this appropriate for me? Does this seem too good to be true? Does this make me feel good or bad about myself? Yeah. And then just the nature of people's content, you know, um, highly edited photos or airbrushing. And I'm not going to pretend that I don't use the Paris filter on Instagram. It's just a habit still. And it, I love the colors. It makes me feel nice. I'm not going to pretend that I don't use filters, 
But some of the filters actually change like the shape of your nose, your eyes. And look, I can understand that people who are shy to get in front of camera use that as a barrier. But for the kids and teenagers looking Mm. at their favorite people um, on Instagram or TikTok, just remember that those filters actually change the face of the person. So they might Mm. not even have beautiful bright eyes or like um, features that you find appealing that you're comparing yourself to, it Mm. might not actually even be them. Mm. It's sort of scary, man. It's scary. Like there's a difference between, in my opinion, a Paris filter and something that actually morphs your face into giving you structural fillers. Like, I don't know, I don't know, each to their own and like you do you boo and anyone who wants to use filters, like go for it. But I would just love there to be a bit more, transparency about things and Instagram's actually started to do this like if you if someone uploads a photo and they've got a filter in the background underneath it it says effects on the actual post so it tells you that there's an effect on this there's a filter on this image so if you're ever and I think that's great because there's nothing wrong with it but I just want transparency it's like women that use steroids in the fitness industry just transparency so that we're not actually directly comparing being like why does her skin look so flawless without Mm. makeup on you know because real skin and real bodies they have pores and dimples and stretch marks and that's the stuff that's not shown so Mm -hmm. never ever ever compare your face or your body to someone on Instagram because there's people and there's apps and there's technology that literally changes faces and body structures and yeah. waist circumferences yeah. to make you feel insecure and buy. Yeah. So, and that's the market in the world that we live in. And like I said, everyone's entitled to do whatever they want. It's how we respond to that content. And it's a red flag. Like if someone is always just promoting highly edited um, photoshopped photos or like throwback to the lean days, 24 seven, whatever it might be, <laughs> Like, just take that with a grain of salt and be like, okay, well, maybe if I feel shit about this, maybe I need to unfollow them. And I I do that all the time, to be honest. I'm like, I'm getting no value from you and whatever. Mm. Out the door. You know, you need to be critical of your Instagram feed because it is literally going to dictate how you feel about your day. It's designed to do that. So if you're constantly on there going, oh, she looks good and she looks good and she looks good and everyone's positive and happy and you feeling negative about yourself going, well, why do I feel this way? No one else does. Yeah, You know, that can bleed over into your day. So don't be scared to go through your Instagram feed and hit that unfollow button on people that are, I guess, making you feel a bit um, negative about yourself. Yep. Very well said. Perfect. Um, Our next point, stay away from extremes. And again, uh, what we spoke about in the 15 second nature of people's posts, they love posting quick, easy answers that are marketable, that are appealing, you know, six week shred, lose 10 kilos, or all you have to do is drink this skinny tea and the weight will fall off. You don't even have to get off the couch, you know, just things that Mm. market um, towards a quick result. Mm, yeah you must stay away from extremes yeah for sure if it seems like it's too good to be true it probably is yeah and you know I think when we look at the way like quick things sell you know results sell people of course you want people that are overweight want to lose 10 kilos in like five weeks of course that's going to sell is it sustainable is it actually all fat loss is it realistic are you actually going to be able to achieve it like all those things are really um, I guess, questionable. So yeah, if it seems like it's too extreme, you really need to question it. And I think it comes mm. down to nutrition as well. Like 
we should never be cutting out food sources unless we're being prescribed. And that's a big one. If there's diets that are saying, don't eat this or don't eat that, you know, then you need to question and ask, well, why? Why, why aren't you doing this? And I get this a lot. I don't know if you, Danny, like I limit the amount of dairy that I eat, but it's for my skin, Mm. you know, and that's why, because I notice that when I eat high amounts of dairy, I get breakouts. Yeah. If if you don't get breakouts from dairy, you don't need to cut it out. In fact, Mm. I have um, like a few vegan um, clients who are vegan cultural reasons. Um, So a big part of their, I guess, protein comes from dairy sources. So, you know, no, vegans the, don't have dairy. Sorry, vegetarian. Vegetarians. Yeah, sorry, no, vegetarian. that's okay. <laughs> sorry, apologies. Um, but yeah, that, that was sort of like, oh, should I cut out dairy too? And I'm like, no. That's no, you've where, got nothing left. <laughs> yeah, like, what are we going to mm. eat? Like, beans mm. all day? No. Mm. So, it, context is really important. Yeah, really well said again. Um, I feel like I'm just going to say this the whole podcast. Really well, well said. Done. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, if you don't like the taste of a food, cut it out. That's fine. Mm. Coriander, gone. Oh, no. <laughs> you like it? I love it. Oh, yuck. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. Well, I've cut it out because I don't like the taste. And again, um, dairy makes us break out. So we've cut it out. But and le- like, if you're allergic to it, also cut it out. But we don't cut out foods because they're quote unquote bad. There's no such thing as a good or bad food. Okay. Carbs at nighttime is not a bad thing. Mm. You're allowed to, you're allowed Mm. to eat foods that have a little bit of sugar and taste good. It's okay. Uh, It's just about how much you have of those foods. Yeah. The devil's always in the dose and this goes for Mm. anything. You can die from drinking too much water, like caffeine. Like it's always in the dose of things. So there is no good or bad. And I like to label it as like whole food and soul food, you know, making sure that we've got like majority of our food coming from whole food sources, which has all the micronutrients and and fibers and all those good things in it. And then our soul foods that make us feel good because a big Mm. part of nutrition is enjoyment and sustainability and also culture. You know, it's not just about macros or just targets or it's not just about body composition. Like how nice is it to be able to go out for dinner with like a friend or your family Mm -hmm. or and enjoy it? And that's a huge component of that sustainability because if you can't do it forever and you've got to think about this, if I can't do this diet forever or this way of eating forever, what's the point? Like what is actually the point? Because that's what you're really signing up for. And I don't know about you, Danny, but I've done a lot of diets in my younger years, in my teen years. And I think about, remember when I was talking about the the fasting sheet that I found? Oh, when you were younger. Yeah. Can you explain that again? Lots. So like I've tried a lot of different extremes when it comes to dieting, like keto, Mm. um, like which is a very, very low carb, virtually no carbohydrates, high fat, low protein style diet. Yeah. Um, restricted eating so like eating within like a a certain time of the day or window period Uh, I've done the no carbs you know after lunch or after dinner Mm. Um, what else god I just feel like I would have done everything sounds like you've done a lot I would have tried a lot can I throw in the waist trainer I swear oh yeah throw in the waist trainer don't even get me started on the extremes that I've done with exercise oh okay yes I've been there I've been there um Mm. and you know what like 
it's 2021. Everyone has access to the internet and good resources now. You just have to know where to get them from. Yeah. Um, I feel like five, five years, five plus years ago, we were very restricted with the information we had access to. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. We didn't just have these Andrew Huberman scientists at our fingertip to listen mm. to a podcast explain about sleep hygiene. We didn't uh-huh. have any We didn't have Sherelle and Danny talking oh. on Level Up. <laughs> I would have killed for some people like us to be like, "Shall pull your shit in? Stop doing that." Yeah, so you know, yeah. like, trust me when I say that would be, you know, we've done all the challenges, done all the things, done oh, all yeah. the extremes, and they only they only delayed the results that we're able to maintain now. Well, that's how you sort of get into yo-yo, like dieting mm. and training, motivation, like training six days a week. Then all of a sudden you can't be bothered anymore. So you don't, or, you know, you, yeah. I remember once I had an ex-boyfriend and I, when I was really young, I've only ever had two serious relationships in my life, still in one now, I had an, an ex-boyfriend and, um, he once gave me a cuddle. He's like, oh, you've, you've, yeah, you put on a few kilos. Like he didn't know. Oh, I know. <laughs> he sorry, I've had, I've had someone say that to me too. Yeah. So the first thing I did was yeah. like stop eating. Like yeah. it really, I, it's, I sort of got triggered into a, well, fuck you. Like I didn't like tell him mm. what I was doing. But then all of a sudden I stopped like wanting to go out to dinner with him. I was like going for more runs. Um, I wasn't eating as much. I had some like tuna salads for dinner because that's all I thought um, you could do to lose weight like and I did I did lose weight but I felt like shit like I was mm. doing it out of spite and revenge I I remember posting up a photo of my abs like on Instagram so he would see it I think this must mean the towards the um, end of our relationship I don't know <laughs> yeah I hope so <laughs> very dysfunctional how old were you daddy like was oh. this like young young or was this I think I was, was about 19 yeah yeah yeah. I was about 19 that's right and he'd gone on a Europe holiday and and yeah just after so I'm like right I'm gonna you know not eat much and train so much mm. and get abs and feel good and by the end of it like I ended up putting weight back on and and all of that it just wasn't sustainable and it was mm. really not an enjoyable process at all Mm, yeah and even I remember like I remember an earlier boyfriend as well like hugged me and he's like yeah you've got quite a thick waist I remember him saying that what's wrong with them doing that isn't it mad isn't it wild that we remember that isn't it wild that we remember that Mm. and that's just we're so impressionable at a young age and you know I just think I'm sure there was lots of positive things that he said to me but I don't remember him I just remember yeah. that one. And that's yeah. just the imprint that we have. And I, that's going to be like um, one of our later points about embracing, you know, yourself and your body and your own journey. But yeah, I guess just jumping back on the extremes, like even with training, Danny, like you mentioned that we've both been in the overtraining, um, I oh, guess, yeah. cycle. And it's not until I feel like you get right or I guess you increase your training IQ that you learn to respect recovery and time off and rest. And I just don't know how many times I need to have this conversation Mm. with people that we need to have rest days. Please. That's when your body recovers, you know, that's when you get to spend your days doing other things that don't revolve around training, you know, sleep, rest, recovery. That's how you reach your goals performance wise, body composition wise. That's how you build your immune system up. That's how you keep a regular Mm. cycle. There's so many benefits to resting. Mm. Yeah, we have to, you can't have one without the other. Mm. And like, I, I get comments like, 
every probably second day at least of like, hey, you only trained four days. Is that enough? And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, I just I can't because I'm like, Mm. there's so much that goes on inside my head. And I'm like, more is not better. No, more is not better. Just doing more and, and adding in more reps and more sets and like, oh, I don't feel really tired or I don't feel really sore after this workout. Did it work? You know, and yeah. those sorts of conversations still happen on the internet. Mm. Like this exercise will make you really sore. That is yeah. not the goal. In fact, a lot of the times that can hinder um, our progress in our next session or how many uh, muscle fibers we can recruit or how strong we can get. So yeah. The goal of training is not to be exhausted. In fact, we should not measure a workout by how exhausted, how tired, or how you know much we're sweating. Those variables, um, you know, we actually sort of want to avoid a lot of them. Well, yeah, sweat is not fat crying. Oh, <laughs> remember that when I, that was on um, a bunch of t-shirts? I think yeah. you know a few years ago. All these little slogans, or nothing tastes as good as skinny feels, and yeah. all of that. That's just shocking. You don't really get as much of that these days, but they still mm. float around. Um, yeah. yeah, it's all bullshit. I think we need to put more emphasis on actually listening to your own body, and just mm. because someone. Um, that you follow does, you know, 15,000 steps a day doesn't mean you have to every day. Mm. You might literally need a rest day and, and feel tired and run down. You're going to do yourself a disservice if you go and get your 15,000 steps because yeah. you're just going to put more stress on your body. You're going to be just going through the motions. It's important to rest and you can actually mm. lose weight, hold less water, have mm. a better, better mental state, you know, have more compliance to your next workout because you miss the gym or you miss the training that you're doing. I haven't trained for a day. I'm going to enjoy my next session. So yeah, it's really important. Yeah. I actually sort of encourage people to think about what's the least amount that I can do. I feel like for a long time, when we first get into fitness, we go, how much can I do? How far can I run? How much weight can I lift? How many days can I train? flip that and go, what's the minimum effective dose that I can do and mm. enjoy my life and have something sustainable that I'm, I'm seeing progress on, yeah. you know, cause don't try and fix things or add more if things are working well. Like if you're recovering mm. well and you're feeling good with your training or your exercise or your nutrition, like don't think that you need to make it more complex for the sake of it. Yep. Brilliant. So, you know, the challenges and things going around, they're an okay starting point. If you've never done anything before and you want to be a part of a community and all of that, you know, sign up, give it a go, but don't, um, you know, think that that's the only way to do something and don't Mm. expect results straight away you know mm-hmm. body composition results or some challenges even promise like you know triple the weight that you can lift and get a pb <clears throat> excuse me they're just not realistic mm. yeah for sure and even with a lot of the challenges as well i really encourage people to second check or double check sorry the nutrition component um there's a lot of different macro calculators and stuff that you can find online, but the Harris mm. Benedict formula is one that I find most reliable and accurate for a rough estimate. But yeah. if you get given like a, a calorie plan, right. And it's 1200 calories. That's what they give a toddler. I kid you not. That is the nutritional yeah. requirement of a toddler. So question your nutrition component in a lot of these challenges, because from personal experience and from seeing a lot of other women go through these some of them are just literally just trying to get you shredded for a good before and after rather than yep. look after your health. So, you know, mm. if you, if you get a, if you're an active female, if you're going through your teenage years, 
you know, you really don't want to be restricting yourself too much in those years. Like I really urge a lot of teenagers not to diet, like don't diet, just live Mm. your best life and Mm. like exercise and be happy and healthy. But I do know that a lot of these things are going around. So yeah, just double check your nutrition. Yeah. And you can, um, you know, get advice from a new like um, dietitian or someone who specializes in this as well, just to help you practice mindful eating, or they might, you know, educate you as well. There Mm. is help out there. So um, just be mindful of reaching who you reach out to as well. And that goes back to our first point on what are they promoting? um, How much experience do they have? Um, yes, they might not look Instagram sexy. You might have to go to their office and and get their knowledge <laughs> there, but they've been doing it for years and decades and, yeah. and all of that. But, you mm. know, it can work both ways. Again, it comes down to you doing your research and and um, finding your practitioner accordingly. Mm. Can, I just, can I just say as well, I get a little bit funny about um, like the before and after transformations that are shared all the time because I know that a lot of people sell their challenges by promoting before and afters. That's what they do. They go look at this person and this result that they achieved. Mm. And it's so individualized. Like you can't, it's like walking into a shop and you see a t-shirt and you go, I want that t-shirt. I'm going to buy it. It's not the same, right? Like there might be three, four, 5,000 people that do this challenge, I can guarantee you that they're going to get at least two good transformations out of that. And those two, they're going to pick and post. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and and that's what everyone else is seeing. You're not seeing the 4,500 people that maybe didn't make it to the end of the challenge. Yeah, or that bounce back or, you know, develop poor relationship with food and all that. And, and there are some brilliant challenges out there, but, again, mm. it's about you looking at those key factors. How long did it take for this transformation? What were the methods? How mm. are they going after the challenge, which is always forgotten and, you know, yeah. no one sheds any light on that. So, mm. yeah, pay attention to all of that. It yeah. is a long journey, which leads mm. us into our next point about committing to a long journey, okay? Mm. Sustainability is not sexy. It's repetitive. It's hard work, okay? Mm. It's not all shiny and bells and whistles and, and all of that. It's actually just repeating the same actions over and over and over again and making it a part of your lifestyle just like brushing your teeth you have to wake up that's your plan for the day you just do it yeah and I argue that consistency is so much harder than intensity it's Mm -hmm. easy to go all in it's easy just to follow 1200 calories for six weeks that's easy but I challenge people to be you know strategic and play the long game and actually do the hard work and be consistent yeah Hard work with an intense framework does not impress me. I don't care how hard people can diet in six weeks. Like what you said, Danny, show me the the after-after transformation. Show me how you make this the lifestyle. Show me how you teach others and show me the role model that you want to be. You know, I think that's really important when it comes to your fitness journey because it's not about the result you can get in 12 weeks. It's about the result that you can get in like five years because it's forever. And if, if you're in it for the long run, you know, like I said, if you can't do it forever, then why start? Yeah. Yeah. And, and from a training point of view as well, I mean, you might be lifting the most you've lifted ever in a really short amount of time, but you're opening yourself up for injury. Okay. You can reach the wall and plateau. It takes small progressions. Okay. We want some sort of change every time we train, you know, add an extra rep or slow it down to make it a bit harder, add more weight. Okay. But we don't need to, for example, go from deadlifting 30 to hundred in a month. Okay. 
chances are we will rush the process and it just, yeah, leads to injury and then you'll probably get over it anyway, okay? Mm. So it takes time. Yeah, for sure. And a, a really good way to screw up your training journey is by getting injured. So that yeah. needs to be like a huge component of like your, your programming and the way you look at recovery and stress and load and all those sorts of things as well. Mm. Um, but, yeah, something as well I really wanted to highlight is that there's a lot of diets um, but there's very few ways of eating. And the one that Danny and I sort of promote a lot is flexible dieting and tracking your macros. Yeah. Personally, I probably wouldn't encourage anyone under the 18, under the age of 18 to actually track their macros or to no. even look at this. I don't think that's what, you know, we should be focusing on for kids in school and those sorts mm. of things. But if you're like, you know, 20s, getting into your training, like want to start dialing in your nutrition or like, you know, challenging a surplus or whatever it might be, mm. Ways of eating are better, more sustainable, enjoyable um, philosophies when it comes to nutrition. And I guess, like I said, that flexible dieting is an approach that we follow because it's sustainable and enjoyable. And it's also a teaching tool, like learning how to track your macros teaches you a lot about nutrition as a whole. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, And back on the example of, you know, going out to dinner with your loved ones or even um, I remember when I started flexible dieting, mum stopped cooking me dinner and it kind of disrupted the home dynamic just because I couldn't track everything that was in her um, meals. And this Mm. was because I was competing. But, you know, now I wouldn't ask to like all the mum, what are all the ingredients in this? If I were to fly home to Melbourne and go to mum's for dinner, I want to spend that time with her. But in the back of my mind, I've learned a way of eating, Mm. being, you know, whole food and soul food is what you said. Cool. Mum makes her favorite, like famous uh, apple crumble pie, which is delicious. It's like a Dutch recipe she learned from her mum. Yes, I love it. I'm not going to eat the whole thing. I might have one or two slices, okay? But it's not the end of the world. Just be mindful of moderation, okay? But it is really important um, just to spend time with your loved ones through food. It's okay. Yeah, for sure. And I I do the exact same thing. Like when I go home, like mum makes bread. I just track it as bread. Like yeah. I don't, I don't ask like, well, what flour and like how much sugar? I just track it. Mum makes shepherd pie. I just go, what sort of mince did you use? And I just overestimate. And I don't get too nitty gritty and OCD about certain things. Like, yeah. yeah, if I'm like six weeks out, like it's a different conversation. No one in their teenage years should be six weeks out. <laughs> oh, <really>, no. <laughs> really concerned. So, yeah. You know, even a week, even like, you know, a couple of days off and just estimating and doing those sorts of things, it's going to do you more good than harm. Yeah, yeah. Um, And even back on training as well and the long journey, if you decide that you don't like going to the gym, don't do it. Mm. It's okay just because a lot of people now on Instagram do, which is fantastic. And there are so many benefits, obviously. But I know so many people who don't go to the gym. My mom hates training. Mm. Like, But when she was younger, she played sport. For yep. me, in lockdown, I'm playing tennis. Like, yep. um, yeah, so there are so many other ways that you can move your body, yoga, go for walks, go hiking, sports. Um, there's so much you can do. So mm. again, enjoyment is a big part of the mm. long journey. Mm. Yeah. And if I was actually in school, something I would have told myself is just keep playing sport. You know, I gave uh, up, yep. oh, I played netball at uni, but I sort of stopped. Oh, it wasn't, uni games. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't mm. like that cool to do, to be honest, when I got really? into like my younger teen, teen years. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Sport wasn't like, I still played netball, but it was sort of like, 
I, I would have wish I launched into more sports and tried different things and did yeah. pull the period card for PE and oh, you know just right. look looked at sports a bit differently because as you said Danny like you develop actually a lot of foundations and a lot of balance and coordination and skill when you're younger yeah. um, and it's a shame to let that go you know it's like any skill it'd be a shame to let that go for I guess what other people think um, yeah and yeah, like there's so many other things and what we do is just such a small drop in the ocean to what yep. else is out there. Like there's so many different sports and activities and mm. even like I've been doing running, like I've just been running a little bit. I um, thought I saw lockdown. that on your story. I'm like, surely that's a typo. Yeah, no, no, no. I've been doing some running. Um, <laughs> good. It's good to get out. It's good to get out. Um, yeah. But, yeah, there's so many other ways than just freaking deadlifting and squatting and yeah. bodybuilding. Oh, my God, it's just there's so many others. Have fun with it. And team sports are epic. Some of my most favorite memories are playing mm. school footy, like yeah. AFL. Yeah. And school and soccer. AFL? Yeah, I have to call it AFL up here. Oh, like um Australian football. Because up here in Sydney, everyone calls football NRL. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Up. So I have to say football AFL. So mm. yeah, I have to explain myself. Is that yeah? yeah. <laughs> AFL. I just um, thought you meant you were saying you. I thought you meant you were saying that you played for AFL. I'm like, hang on, Collingwood captain, mate. <laughs> no, yeah. um, yeah. So they were some of my best memories, but then school sports were also some of my worst memories. Athletics. So I was really unfit as a kid. That's why Dad encouraged me to play tennis. To be honest, like I was pretty overweight. We got bribed because we had to go to Greek school, um, and we would on the way there, Dad and Mum would like stop and get us red rooster and all this fast food for us to be like fine we'll go to greek school if we get to eat yummy food. <laughs> yeah it was horrible and so backwards but they, they're amazing parents and i love them but then it got to the point where i was a little bit too overweight um so i remember how we had to do school athletics like and the high jump and they would set it like the lowest. It, I reckon it would have been about 30 centimetres. I couldn't even jump over that. Or like, Scary run up to that thing. <laughs> yeah, but it was even the rubber one, like the, the one oh, where you... Oh, the yeah. string. So, uh, like, I've been picked last in sports. Like, yeah, it was crazy. But I'm glad I didn't give up. I'm glad I got that prompt from Dad to actually start a sport that I really loved. Um, so for people who are trying sports and who aren't the best, like in high school right now, now I can relate I was that kid big glass was shocking at it but mm. I didn't give up I found tennis I got fitter I really felt like more confident about myself and then I joined you know school footy and all of that so mm. I don't know that's my little don't give up speech yeah I love that you know and <laughs> I can relate to I think I have trauma from hitting the hurdles of oh it's terrible um but I was the same because you just pushed to do all these other things and I know swimming carnivals oh (laughs) I wasn't even good but they would pick me to do the demo you remember that I'm like drowning um but I'm not built to be like sporty to be honest I'm just not but when I finished school and I actually found running like and I got in run into running that was the first thing I was good at that was the first thing where I was like, it's not a team sport. It doesn't require a huge amount of coordination or, mm-hmm. you know, other skills. It's just like with running, if you work hard and you program well, you can generally improve quite a lot quite quickly yep. with a lot yep. of things really. Um, mm-hmm. But that was the first taste of achievement that I got, like when I finished yep. school and got into finding my athletic identity, as they quote wow. it. And I got quite good, like, 
here's my here's my little um, testament to fame. I got tenth in the Melbourne half marathon in my age group. Did you? That is yeah. huge. Yeah, yeah. Got right well into running. Done. Got really good. Lost a huge amount of weight because all I would do is run and eat like half a banana. So don't tell me that. Oh my god! away I did. Oh god! So I didn't know any better. I, did, I yeah. wish I fueled like an athlete. I sort of thought, well, maybe I would have got fifth in my age group if yeah. I fueled like an athlete. Um, yeah. And then I got into training and lifting and was good at that because I applied all the same things: proper mm-hmm. training found nutrition, add that component, consistency, yep. um, drive, like found all those things. And, you know, just because you weren't the person that could achieve in school at certain sports or, you know, because you got the card and labelled yourself as uncoordinated or not very good or picked last, right, mm-hmm. a lot of those narratives that come with us, there's so many ways that you can move your body and practice things and find your athletic identity. You've just got to yeah. go through trial and error. We've been through it. We didn't wake up like this as Beyonce sings in her song. Yes. You know, we've gone through the hardships. I've cried about going to school and mm-hmm. mom, I don't want to go. Like there's, yeah, we've had the highs and lows, but it's made us who we are. And now we have stories to tell and then hopefully, you know, guide other people through our mm. lessons, mistakes, wins and losses as well. Um, mm. God, how good oh, is that? I feel bubbly water now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I guess the last point as well, which, you know, comes with age and I guess a little bit of wisdom, oh. it, it comes with age and we're showing our judging, but embracing your body and the journey. It sounds so cliche. And if someone told me when I was tw- in 20 to just embrace my body and love yourself, mm. I think I would have laughed. I would have been like, huh, what do you mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah. I like to preface it with like just having self-compassion and practicing body positivity. It comes in yeah. many different forms. And I guess what we spoke about earlier about role models and finding the right people and coaches and comparison, Mm. you know, they're huge components in that. Um, But just like leaning into yourself and trying to not like put other people on a pedestal or as your background or like these huge benchmarks to try and achieve and just staying in your own lane. Yeah, yeah. And it's really important to try and create an environment of like-minded people who you have things in common with, who, you know, don't tease you or anything like that. Mm. And I know like we could have a whole other episode on on bullying and all of that, but the beauty about connecting on social media, you can find people mm. who might not be in your school to connect with, like you and I, Sherelle. I mean, I wish you were in my year level, but oh. um, yeah, we would have, you know, walked around the canteen or do what I don't even know what kids do these days <laughs> but um yeah like connect with people put yourself out there it's okay if you sort of don't have the most friends in high school but that's all right like most mm-hmm. of my closest friends I did not meet in high school you just no. change and grow and that's okay yeah yeah for mm. sure and the person that you are at high school is so different to who you become I, I yeah. believe as well like I'm just a completely different person to what I was in school and my high school friends know that now and when I went to uni um I feel like university pushes you outside of your comfort zone to start mingling and connecting and doing things with people that you wouldn't have otherwise yeah because our social groups in school are formed from when we're like 12 or 13 years old yeah you know, there's a lot of pressures and external validation and there's a lot of different variables yeah. that come into that um but when you go to uni or when you finish school or when you start stepping outside of your comfort zone it's almost like clean canvas again it's like yeah you reinvent and, yourself 
reinvent yourself, you know, and some of the people, some of my best friends from uni, right. I was um, very, I don't want to say like, I wasn't, I don't want to say sheltered, but Mm -hmm. I was unaware, uneducated on the amount of bullying that happens in schools until I became friends with a lot of these people at uni. And it broke my heart hearing some of the stories of Mm. like what they had been through. I was like, do these things exist? Does Mm. this exist? I'm so sorry that that's happened to you. Like mm. I always feel emotional thinking about it. I feel like you're talking to me <laughs> and my younger self. I'm like, Sherelle, it wasn't your fault. <laughs> but, you know, just some yeah. of the things that I would hear and I'm just like, it's fucking bullshit that that oh, happens yeah. in school, that people mm. can be bullied by the way that they look or their mm. lack of coordination in something and how this bleeds into us and, like, imprints us and gives us narratives. So mm. don't feel like just because there's one way that you've been living in school that, you know, you can't go out and all of a sudden run a marathon one day. Like, yeah. You, you can do those sorts of things and mm-hmm. this is where it comes down to finding those people. It's so important that we find people that align with us. Yeah, and it takes time to grow confidence. I mean, every day of my school life towards, you know, probably from year seven um, to probably year nine, I was called a nerd. People would, like, put glue in my hair, like, throw things at me, tease the shit out of me like so bad to the point where I would not really want to talk to anyone in class like I'd sit at the back and hope that the popular people wouldn't say anything to me Mm. um but then I used that and I think I've shared sort of stories like that on the podcast um public speaking was my worst enemy like I never wanted to be picked to stand out the front and just be ridiculed um but then it just made me who I am and and you know you become compassionate for other people and now I love being a nerd like because it makes me grow and even you know you love learning and things so those labels it is what it is um but then to spin it on the other way you know just be kind to people guys like everyone's just trying their best we don't need to make fun of people um just yeah I I just want to see a little bit more kindness and compassion Mm, yeah for sure and I just Mm. think when I hear those words like nerd and oh you're so boring now and all the old would have you know I just think you know it's a reflection on other people and I think as you get a little bit older and you can sort of start to appreciate that and feel a bit more confident in in you, in who you are and being like, Mm. so what? I want to be a nerd. Like Mm. what's wrong with a nerd? Mm. If, if, if reading a book and staying at home on the weekend is boring, sign me up, you know, call me boring. And once you can, as I said, like embrace who you are, your body or your personality, your characteristics, whatever, Mm. you actually start to stand out. People asking you for book recommendations, you know, they oh, ask the you for your knowledge and it's just like, yeah, I mean, and it just comes with time, right? Yeah. It comes with age. I don't know if it's age or wisdom or certainty, uh, but it just yeah. comes with time and you just got to embrace it. Yep. Hang in there, guys. Oh, what an episode. Yeah. I guess we really just wanted to highlight, you know, just some of the things and some of the lessons that I would have told myself, you know, at the ripe age of 16 or 17 or 18 or Mm. anything is just a bit younger. And I I feel like we've really done that. And I want to thank you, Danny, for just sharing some of the stories. Because like I said, I don't think it's spoken about enough. And Mm. I also want to say, please don't be silent. You know, if you notice it, and you ignore it, you're contributing to it. And it doesn't have to come from nasty ways. It can be something as subtle as, oh, I, I, you know, I don't appreciate the way you said that. Or, you know, I think yeah. next time, and it's just about putting that mirror up. 
Yeah, there's always someone you can talk to or reach out and ask for help. And um, yeah, on a lighter note as well, for anyone who enjoyed this podcast, or if you want to ask, you know, Sherelle and I some more questions, message the Level Up page on Instagram. We're active on there as well. So we, yeah, we love uh, sending little messages to you guys if you ask questions. Yeah, for sure. Thanks Mm -hmm. for tuning in, guys, and we'll see you again next week. Thank you.